get the full bonfire experience on your screen youtube.com slash bonfire sports thumbs up subscribe you'll know when we're live enjoy the games Happy Canada Day, everybody. I'm sure Blue Bombers fans are pleased, relieved. Huge rebound win following a tough one to BC last week. The Blue Bombers defense showed up and showed out in Montreal tonight. 17-3, your final score. Huge win for Winnipeg to get back on the right track and improve to 3-1 on the season. Well, you, you all know how we do it here on uh, Game Day After Dark. We bring in my good man, Zach Schnitzer, but Zach's not here. Zach will join us later from a secret location somewhere in Southern Manitoba. Chris Walby joined me earlier on the pregame show from a secret location somewhere in Southern Manitoba. I have a special guest for you all to enjoy along with me tonight on game day after dark. And I'm looking forward to this a lot from a secret location somewhere in Southern Manitoba. There he is, <laughs> Joey Slattery. Uh, you I might like recognize him. You might recognize him from CTV Winnipeg, but here he is on Bonfire Sports. How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. I feel like Chris Collins were sliding in on the uh, on the intro good here. Man. You're like a more handsome Al Michaels. Oh, yeah, no, entirely less talented. That is <laughs> well, for sure. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. It's Al Michaels we're talking about. <laughs> You're uh, Winnipeg's Al Michaels. There we go. Yeah. Well. You know, outstanding football game for the Blue Bombers tonight. The weather delay had me a little shook. I'm sure it had a lot of people shook, uh, especially those in Montreal watching the the rain pour down and watching the lightning uh, go crazy. Um, So about an hour and 40, an hour and 45 minute delay. They did get things underway at around, what was it? 745 Winnipeg time, 845 Montreal time. So hat tip. Red Hat Canada Day tip to uh, everybody in Montreal who uh, stuck around, stayed late, and enjoyed themselves. Um, But uh, I don't know about you, Joey. What I saw in this game was just a smothering defense. And I think you and I will have to have some, you know, we'll we'll have to have some chats. And and everybody joining us in the live chat, great to see you there, uh, as always, uh, watching live. We might have to have a conversation about the Blue Bombers offense. Not looking so hot right now. No, but you know what though? The I think this is a big bounce back game for both lines. Like mm-hmm. you know, the defensive line, offensive line. Uh, yeah. I'm going to give him a pass on the offense a little bit, only because the, uh, I mean, the rain. Right. I actually kind of enjoyed the mix up of the of the play calling. There was a lot of running. A lot of guys were involved in the run play, and honestly, uh, for the rain that there was, Zach Galaris made some pretty nice passes. Over no question, Walatarski getting yeah. that touchdown. I mean, keeping things rolling because what an opportunity for him right now. With Lawler gone, Dembski out today, uh, mm-hmm. this guy is just all reliable, man. I know he doesn't get the volume that you know other guys get, but man, when he's called, very rarely does he let you down. No doubt, no doubt. What do you say we take a look at the post game stats? These are unofficial, but these are the post game stats as they are uh, right now. But Zach Kolaris, as we were just talking about, he's sixty five percent. He throws two touchdowns. He has a quarterback rating. Efficiency rating, that is, of 102.3. So anything over 100 is great. 120-something is about perfect. Um, 
the one interception does not concern me. I don't think it no. should concern anybody out there uh, in Bomber Nation right now because it was a tipped ball, just like his interception last week. His only other interception of the season against BC tipped uh, off the hands of, of Nick Dembski, by the way. Yeah. Shout out Nick Dembski and the growing Dembski clan uh, hanging out back uh, in Winnipeg, uh, you know. Even if the Bombers needed him tonight, they didn't need him because he's back home uh, taking care of things. But hey, Brady Oliveira, what's a thorax? I don't care. He had 119 <laughs> yards on the ground, six yards per carry, three 10-yard runs. He was just outstanding in that sense. Dalton Schoen had three second down conversions. Drew Wolitarski pulled in his second touchdown of the season. Uh, he had two second down conversions. The Bombers offense was good when it needed to be, but the reason I was a little bit concerned, uh, Joey, was because, uh, especially in the second half, whoops, where'd you go? I, I'll bring you back. Here you go. There he is. Ah, I'm out of my rabbit hole. There we go. Uh, especially in the second half, Winnipeg went like two and out, two and out. I think they had a five play drive and then ended up turning it over. And then another two and out. And if it wasn't for the defense. Yes. Going back to Brandon Alexander's interception and 60 plus yard return. Like an interception is a great thing. And a big return, that's awesome. But that, but that made, changes the game. That changes the game there. Because that the was a two yard goal. line. Like Fajardo just didn't see him. It was it was kind of crazy that it was just he kind of threw that in all, you know, lackadaisical almost like it was a sure thing. Mm. And Alexander just read that like a book and off he went. I mean, but if he doesn't make that interception, that probably is a touchdown. And then are we talking like, what's this conversation now? Right. Because after that, you know, they were able to secure everything. And I think getting Dalton shown finally getting that touchdown, uh, that was huge, too. Uh, getting him involved and then kind of putting that game to rest. But there were a couple of times and maybe it's because they're coming off that, you know, devastating loss, we'll call it on um, against BC. No doubt but it was. There was a couple of times towards the end. I'm like, ah, man, like they might cough this up. You know, you take the weather into account. You take kind of the weird things leading up to it. Uh, not I mean, they're professional athletes. They're used to delays and things like that. But I, I just wasn't as sure as I have been in, you know, I would say recent, even years of just, you know, there were times where they're down and they battle back. It was kind of a weird feeling a few times in the fourth quarter to feel like they're up, but uh, you know, up until they got to about four minutes left, I think that's when I finally thought, okay, everything's going to be good. Uh, and then they forced the field goal. Uh, I think it was, uh, was it maxed a touchdown that was uh, overturned? <clears throat> yeah. Um, was Abu Durami. Too, I think. Was yeah. that Suare? Yeah. Abu Durami Suare. What yes. a, what a recovery to, like he was so out of position when that ball arrived, but just somehow was able to contort his body and get his hand into the catch area for Austin Mack and knock it away. Like an unbelievable play that I think will be overlooked by a lot of people. It shouldn't be overlooked. An incredible play by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers rookie. Uh, we saw the Alouettes go after Abu Durami Soiree yes. a lot tonight. They also went after... Um, a guy who was not supposed to start this game, but he did. He's been the starter there for a while. He's been a starter at this spot on a great cup champion team. He's been a league all-star at this spot, but pulled from last game was not set to start this game. That is of course, Alden Darby at the dime back spot, uh, because, uh, the Canadian special teamer and veteran Retta Cramdy, 
uh, injured himself late in practice this week. So there was just pulling up the, the numbers here. There was um, uh, Alden Darby with a game high seven tackles, six on defense, one on specials, even six led the way. Uh, yeah. Durami Suare had six tackles as well. Um, it was, it was Demario Houston that really kind of, uh, got beat, got, you know, had, had a receiver behind him a, a couple times tonight. Um, Suare, all things considered as a rookie and, you know, his second game, I thought he played pretty well, but Alden Darby, Max, no joke, man. Like I was really impressed. Yes. That was the best look I got at him so far this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, he played for Ohio state. I mean, they don't produce, you know, garbage <laughs> i mean he's talented but no. he had a couple of big uh, a couple of big catches a couple of nice r- route runs too uh and in that play particularly like you talk about it'll be overlooked it was overlooked by the officials i remember like even as they came up with the ball i thought for sure that's it's incomplete it has to be but they had the touchdown up and i'm thinking okay so man that must have been a really good catch like in tr- i'm thinking you know opposite now what a catch in traffic with the guy's arm in his in his chest but uh, no, that was a great play by uh, Darmi Suarez, and uh, he's been a great addition too. Like, but everybody's stepping up. Everybody, like, it kind of goes back to that next man up mentality. This is a team that's been kind of dealing with a whole bunch of weird things throughout the year. You know, like we haven't seen the full Bombers team yet, and now they're three and one on the season. And I think that should be a message to the rest of the league that this is not a team that's going to roll over. They're still the measuring stick, right? I think uh, actually they might have been talking about that during the broadcast. Like, yep, it was weird to see. That one, you know, kind of uncharacteristic loss where they were just dominated in every aspect of the game. But then they came back today and really had a good bounce back game. And, you know, Montreal, um, I think they're a little maybe over, I'm not going to say overrated. No, I will say overrated. They're a little overrated coming in 2-0 just because uh, they beat, yep. who did they beat? They beat uh, Edmonton and was it Ottawa? In their they, beat first Ham- games? Ham- they beat Hamilton and Ottawa. Hamilton and, yeah, Hamilton and Ottawa. So, you know, uh, Oh no, sorry. You know. No, you were right. You were right. You were right. Was that- they beat Edmonton and Ottawa and now they go to Hamilton. Yeah, right. So like those are two teams that aren't, you know, aren't the cream of the crop exactly. We saw them play each other yesterday. Uh but yeah, so you know, I think this kind of puts things in perspective uh for them a little bit as well. Uh but I this was a, a game that the Bombers needed to to win not handily, but they had to have a good performance and you put everything in like the, you know, shout out to Buck Pierce on the play calling on this one, because it's yeah. tough to play in the rain, man. And you know, another double shout out though. I want to say Wallatarski and Dalton Schoen playing in the rain without gloves, old school, man, backyard football. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, just, uh, a, a, an outstanding performance by the Winnipeg Blue Bombers defense. I've got a Walby's Warrior and game balls to hand out tonight. So do you, Joey Slattery. Great for you. Uh, really appreciate you uh, making your Bonfire Sports debut here uh, on the channel. Uh, we've got our Happy Honker Award um, and uh, Westwood's Wide to the Right uh, and all those great things that uh, we do with our good man, Zach Schnitzer, who, well, here he is, joins us from... Hey! locations unknown what's going on schnitzy man i'm worried about you i haven't heard from you i joke i know you've been texting me but how how are you doing out there man i'm doing well buddy hey joey slattery has joined us he's he's up the game here in a large margin darren oh no kidding right i've peaked guys this is this is big for me (laughs) Uh, this was like a dream i'm like when are they gonna get me on bonfire sports and you know here i am I was, I was saying to, to Darren yesterday when he asked me, I'm like, he's like, you're going to come on. I'm like, 
Yeah, but nervously, man. I'm like, this is more nerve wracking than going on CTV Morning Live. Nah, dude. Mainly what? because I don't know. I don't know when it ends. Right? Like we could be going marathon. Right. Uh, figure, you know, well, tonight we might be talking until 5 a.m. Who knows? We're not going to go five hours or four hours like they do on Morning Live. Okay, I can promise you that. Do we have commercial um, breaks? No, no commercial nice. breaks. We are live and in your face, uh, following a huge Blue Bombers win. Uh, Schnitz. Give us your your take on the game uh, overall. We we were talking about you know Zach Kolaris making it happen when he needed to. The line play on both sides of the ball being really yeah. good, but the defense really leading the way tonight. How did you see it? I I do I did see it that way. The defense led the way, and every time the Bombers' offense had a chance to step on the Owls' throat, they they didn't quite put it away, and then it was the defense creating turnovers that sort of rescued them. So I I think the defense really. Uh, played a strong game, and and just having Jeff Coat back there yes. makes a massive, massive difference. I mean, I think it's actually night and day the type of defense that they play. I think last week, um, when you don't get enough pressure, they can dink and dunk this defense because they they play uh, you know a few yards off the ball, but when they play that way because if they get enough pressure, it's probable that the quarterback isn't going to have enough time, and they're going to throw his short stuff. And and it doesn't work. And then they, they allowed three points. I mean, they did get a red zone uh, pick, which was a huge turnover. We'll talk about that later. But I was just super impressed with the defense today. Oh, look what I did. Oh, I made you really bigger. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll start. I just that felt out. the ratings boost. Did you see that? Our ratings went up like three people as soon as you did. <laughs> I've got an interesting uh, lighting situation going on here. This is you know a what? It work kind in of progress. Like a little- like a little bonfire you got you're sitting next to. It's there. got a little bonfire, a little bright, a little bright. Joey's lighting is great though. I mean, why did it wow, take so long TV to get guy, this guy the, on the show? The TV guy has great doing. lighting. Big surprise, right? Yeah, well, right. It's, it's all it's all about skincare, guys. Well, <laughs> you know, and and that and that's the thing too is I I generally get pretty red because I'm incredibly pasty, and that's just the way I rock in the summer. Even in the winter, when I get cold, my my skin goes red. But it's Canada Day. And yeah. you guys are wearing gray. What's going on? Oh, man. Well, the only thing I really own is red underwear, so I'm wearing those. But Well, you have to put that on your head. Have a lot of, don't have a lot of red. <laughs> this is green, Darren. I hate to tell you, buddy. You probably can't tell. But you know what? You're at the lake, so you got, yeah. you know, what, two T-shirts and three, you know, pairs of draws, and, and, and you're set. You know? Draws, yes, draws. Draw. <laughs> draws. Like uh, just pulling up, uh, pulling up my notes here from the game. Um, you know, uh, the, the weather delay could have derailed this game, right? It could have made things incredibly scary. Um, but thank goodness it was a playable, it was playable field conditions. And, uh, you know, we, we saw a good football game. Um, to me, the, the biggest impact in this game was the play of the defensive line and Joey I know I know you hit on that right off the top uh yeah. you are well, you're so right so, and well the thing is too with that defensive line like they put a lot of pressure on Fajardo but were you guys shocked a little bit at just how mobile Fajardo was especially in that first half and I'll say in the fourth quarter like yeah. he was he had a couple of good rushes that picked up first downs um and even towards the end there was one in the fourth quarter again going back to that I'm not as confident anymore he had one run where it looked like uh, it was a sure tackle. He ran up the middle and, and then he got a, it wasn't a first down, but let's say it was like six or seven yards. Uh, it was just something I'm not used to seeing from him from his Saskatchewan days. 
so he kind of he scared me a little bit at times because especially that opening um, opening drive for Winnipeg, uh, there was the quick rush from Kolaris, and then he got popped as he let the ball go. It was an incomplete pass. It was a quick two and out. Uh, and it was just like, man, maybe this isn't, you know, in that early, you're not making the early judgment, but you're kind of seeing how the last game went, not even ended the whole game went. And then you see that first play and I'm wondering, and then you see Fajardo come out and looks like he has something to prove, uh, things settled down a little bit, but once the defensive line, I mean, they put a lot of pressure on him. They forced him to make passes, uh, and to rush. I think when he didn't want to, like he had to, he had to improvise quite a bit. Uh, but that was just a strong, strong play. You can tell that they that both the offensive line and the defensive line wanted to come out and prove something yes, or today from the last game because I think that left a sour taste in their mouth. But uh, it was good to see them bounce back. It was good football to watch considering because you talk about the rain delay. There were a couple times in that game it was raining pretty hard, man. <laughs> like I'm yeah. thinking, I don't want to be out there. I couldn't imagine trying to throw the ball or even just hold the ball. You know, talking about Brady Oliveira and this was 119 yards he ran for. Like there's, this is a game where the ball pops a lot. It gets a little, st- or it gets a little slippery. So they did a really good job at securing the ball, all things considered. Two 100-yard receivers for the Montreal Alouettes in uh, Keon Julian Grants, of course. Uh, that 69-yarder uh, pretty much made his game. Austin Max, just an emerging stud uh, in this league. But but this is the the question I'll I'll pose to you, Zach is. Um, we saw William Stanback and, and even before the game talking to TSN's Matthew Shinetti saying, you know, I don't want to give the game plan up too much, but I expect the ball in my hands a lot, especially if it's, you know, a bit of a mutter, a bit of a sloppy game. Well, only eight carries for 42 yards. Walter Fletcher came in there for a bit of change of pace, a little bit more of a speedier guy. Kind of reminds me like, you know, a little bit Greg McRae-ish. And we'll definitely yeah. talk about Greg McRae, uh, you know, in a minute here. But six runs for 40 yards for Cody Fajardo. And two for 10, like those were broken plays. These were not designed run plays. And they only right. ran the ball eight times to William Stanback. He's averaging 5.3 yards per carry. And it's not like Montreal was was racing to catch up. It, it, to me, it was very strange. Um, or maybe maybe more so. It, it's, uh, it's just interesting to see uh, how Montreal chose to attack Winnipeg offensively because they they sure abandoned the run quickly must have been a pretty hellacious pressure uh you know on the front well that's what i was thinking that the defense um they really contained the run uh, what i i'm surprised to see he had a 5.3 yard average i'm wondering if there's some outliers there because the not reason i thought they went away f- yeah maybe not the reason i thought they went away from the run is they they couldn't seem to get a ton of traction on first down but Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they, maybe they abandoned it too soon because if you're getting 5.3 yards on average on first down, that's excellent in the Canadian football league. Well, you know, I, I will, you know, put this clarity there. He did have two runs of 10 plus yards and a long of 12. So let's just say a 10 yard run and a 12 yard run. That's 22 yeah. of his 42 yards on two runs. Yeah. So, yeah, so I think he got them in chunks. I mean, that's what the stats yeah. are saying. They, yeah. You got it right there, Darren. But sometimes, ex- sometimes you're right. Do I have to turn my hat around, boys? Like we all, we're all beards. We're all wearing, you know, we're not wearing we're our all blue colors. I'm the, we're, we're all cousins. cousins. You're in cap hour. You're in the woods. Beard and cap. I'm actually in the woods. Yes. I don't know woods. where you two gents are, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm off I, the grid. I've been taken, I've been taken to the woodshed and uh-huh. Joey's just, Joey's just chilling. 
chilling well, in the I'm, middle. I, I was stoked because I'm like, I don't have to, like, I don't have to do my hair. I don't do anything. This is, this is living, guys. Yeah, man. Well, welcome, living. welcome to uh, digital media in the the 21st century. And thanks to everybody out there who's joining us uh, on uh, YouTube Live and Facebook and Twitter, and uh, even if you're listening to this uh, via podcast afterwards. Thanks for joining us, and and hope you're having a great Canada Day weekend. I'm guessing you're a Bombers fan if you're watching Bonfire Sports. I'm guessing you're a Winnipeg sports fan, and it's been a pretty crazy week and weekend in the world of Winnipeg sports over over the last uh, couple days. And a big shout out to uh, Kenny and Rennie uh, and uh, Winnipeg Sports Talk. And like, we are so lucky. Bonfire excluded. We are so lucky to have the digital sports coverage we do here in Winnipeg, because if you're a Jets fan or a Bombers fan or a Seabears fan or a Goldeyes fan or whatever, uh, you've got so many ways to, um, you know, uh, get the conversation going and, and really appreciate everybody uh, who's been uh, in the live chat and joining us here. But uh, those, those those guys have been doing a great job with with the hockey. Yeah, man, Kenny and Rennie, like and if you ever meet those guys, Salt of the earth, man. They're okay. Yeah. Sean, They're right. Sean, <laughs> Sean Reynolds and I sat a season beside each other in the press box. So oh, I'm sorry to, to hear that, man. Well. Oh, man. The conversation never stops with that guy. I, I mean, you, well, you two, get that guy talking hockey like you, you have guys? to. Yeah, right. Well, Jeez. yeah. So he was uh, no. And, and Kenny's the same way. But yeah, Kenny and Randy, they're they're an entertaining duo. Actually, I should have wore that. He gave me a shirt. Um Sean's headband. Remember during COVID, he had, yeah, yeah. Uh, he'd wear that headband. So I, I should have got my shirt. That's the one I should have wore. Darn it. That's right. <laughs> uh, was there concern in this game by Winnipeg's overall offensive production? I mean, yeah, they get the win and, and Kolaris looked good. But, um, you know, is is there inability for the the, the continuity a concern or should we keep in mind that Montreal's defense is a pretty good defense, good front six, good front yes. seven, um, you know, overall. And uh, Hey, you know, the, I thought the offensive line played, played pretty well. Where do you guys stand? I, I sorry. I, I don't think it's a problem. Like I didn't really see it that way again, like taking into account, like, you know, you're, you're out Dembski this week. And uh, I know it was obviously expected a little bit, but no one really knows. Um, and like, you know, again, going back to the same things, uh, the weather, but you have your guys that are the playmakers. Like again, like Wallatarski getting that first touchdown and continuing his drive. Like he's having a heck of a season this year. Um, it's we haven't seen the bombers at full fledge yet, right? Like there's there hasn't been a, t- a game yet where we've had everybody in there, all the all the big stars. Uh, yeah. And I thought they played well. Like they needed to play as good as they did. Like the defense, as we said, held it up, but they didn't have to do more. These are the games where you kind of want that, right? Like you don't need a 40 point blowout this time. And we see them do it time and time again, but you need them to score the 40 points when the defense isn't playing well, right? When you're, when the deep, when the other offense is putting up 25, 30 points, that's when you need to outscore them, right? As simple as that. So in terms of, I'm not like uh, any kind of worry about it. I'm not worried about it at all. I think that's uh, like, it's, that was a good game. It was, they played a team. Uh, they played better than the opposition quite thoroughly. Uh, they didn't put up the, you know, the big numbers that we see all the time, but at the end of the day, they ran the clock. Well, uh, they made the plays that needed to count. And when they needed the stops, they got the stops too. So uh, I'm not concerned. It's too early in the season to pull any kind of panic and they're three and one, right. At the end of the day, uh, you got to find different ways to win and they found a different way to win. Zach. 
I I think the offensive line made a statement tonight, actually. And the number I look at is 1 and 174. 1 is the net amount of sacks they gave up. And 174 rushing yards they produced. So I, I think this game, you know, it's such a cliche, but I think it was one in the trenches by the D-line and the O-line. And I think the O-line was I, I, multiple times. Zach had uh, one, two, three ticks in the pocket to, to find someone. And, um, you know, he was able to connect on a, a couple of long balls, one to Dalton Schoen. Um, I, I think they made a statement. I think Jeff Gray had trouble early. He got turnstiled, I think, the first drive. But after that, I think they settled down. And, uh, yeah, I, I was impressed with the O-line. Yeah, I agree. You know, I'm posing the question, right? Um, because I think if you had to criticize this game, you would look at the drive chart and say, wow, that's a lot of two and out, two and out, two and out. And the reality is um, until Winnipeg uh, scored um, the Dalton shown touchdown, it was a 10, nothing yeah. game, you know, late in the third quarter. And to me, the defense made as much of a statement. I agree with you though, Zach. I think the offensive line had a statement game today. Brady Oliveira, like I tweeted this during the game. What's a thorax injury? Well, it's kind of like, you know, the chest cavity, everything that, that whole, you know, from the diaphragm to the throat, right? So what is that? Is that ribs? Is it an oblique? Like, it's not an oblique, but like, is it a muscle, you know, under the arms? Is it pectoral? Is it his back? Is it something to do with his... You could have fooled me. Brady Oliveira looked no worse for wear. He was an absolute bowling ball, spinning, plowing, getting his pad. Like, you know, Michael Shea likes to talk about, you know, pad level and, and getting it low so you, you win leverage and, and you win point of contact. Uh, he was explosive. He had the fumble. Yeah. You know, Najee Murray put his helmet into uh, uh, into his arm and into the football and, and you know, it popped out. But... Uh, overall, I thought Brady Oliveira, the offensive line, they played physical, they played tough. And, yeah. um, you know, uh, I, I, I think Brady Oliveira is more just wear and tear on yeah. a body on the most physically, in my opinion, probably the, the most punished position physically in pro football, um, as, as a, you know, what every down tailback, like, like Brady Oliveira is so. You know, I don't know if it's an acute injury as much as it's just, hey, let's ensure that Brady's body is where it needs to be. Uh, just like he, you know, took a lot of training camp to uh, ensure his body was good. Does he need to practice? Doesn't look like it. And Looks that's pretty good thing, to me, though, right? Like the value of rest, like the, he's missed yeah. a, a bunch of practices in that. But like he comes out on game day, like these are professional athletes. A guy like Brady Oliveira now, second year is like the lead guy. Right. He knows the playbook. He knows what he's doing. The matter like the fact of the matter is you don't need to be out there in practice uh, and working on things when things are going well. Like you said, he's been battling injury. He's missed how much time, you know, in terms of practice time when we're there and, you know, he's out in his shorts and T-shirt and 112 yards on 20 carries. Now, the other thing, though, uh, is Buck Pierce. 
like that the play calling I thought was great today because he mixed it up because as much as you had Brady Oliveira barreling through, like you had Rashid Bailey in the mix. He had like two, like one was called back on a penalty. I think uh, O'Leary orange had the call of uh, illegal block call, but mm. there was a couple of like, you know, oh, side Rashid to side, Bailey. right? Yeah. Rashid where Bailey, he's yeah. sweeping around the line, but the line did a great job to move it over. Unfortunately, there was a flag on, on O'Leary orange, but like he was, he was mixing it up. Like the, uh, the defensive line couldn't get into a rhythm uh, with Montreal, like at least too much into a rhythm because of that mix up. And it seemed like there'd be run, run, run and short pass. And then, then there was that one long pass you weren't expecting in the rain. Like it just, I thought it was very, the rhythm of Winnipeg's offense, I thought was really good tonight. And I think that allowed Oliveira as well, right? Because they couldn't just lock in on him when you think on a day like today, they could have, or a night like mm-hmm. tonight because of the rain, but they really weren't able to, because he had to be prepared for anything. And they established that pretty early. Like once they got through that first drive and started getting that rhythm and making a few plays and stringing along a few first downs, you know, I remember talking to Wallatarski, I think it was two weeks ago and he was saying, you know, my favorite football is when we're just that rhythm and tempo was going right. And he's, relating it all to his music you know it's just like when you get into it you feel it and he's like you know and that's it he's like when we're getting into that you know one play first down two plays first down and it's next up next up and they just keep going that's when they're playing their best and they had that going a few times tonight not as often as usual and again you know like we said the injuries the rain the babies all that stuff it's a little mm-hmm. bit different but he did a great job with the with the assets they had and you know guy stepped up greg mccray's another guy i thought played well yeah you know, he's, i was just, uh, I was just gonna say stepped up so, yeah. uh, you know, they, like the guys that needed to step up did. And like I say, you know, you didn't need 40 points tonight. So, yeah, you, you like, know. like, like Kurt Roach. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Roach, 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 Roach. Well, you know what? Maybe Willie Roche. Jefferson's French is better than mine. Uh, mercy. <laughs> he said, mercy. Uh, love that. Uh, Kurt uh, I was watching mercy. live on Facebook. Uh, what's going on? Kurt says McCray played great as well. Uh, very versatile, uh, change of pace guy. You know, I hope we still yeah. have Zach. Zach, are you, are you yeah. still there? What did you see from Greg McCray? Because it was really his, um, you know, debut for lack of a better way to put it, um, you know, in 2023. Well, I, I was I was nervous that Dembski wasn't playing because, as you call him, he's the Canadian Swiss Army knife. He can run, he can catch, he can he can take the top off a of defense. He's a very unique player, and I thought McRae acquitted himself well. I mean, look at his average. He had four carries for forty nine yards, including that. Uh, what was that large of? That was a massive run in the in the first thirty four yard run. Mm. Uh, had twelve point three yard average. So I thought. I thought McRae was great, and, uh, and I just love how Buck um, mixed up the running game with Bailey, and even Calaro's <laughs> rushed once, and, uh, and Oliveira, I thought, really ran with purpose tonight. I mm-hmm. thought he was trucking guys, running guys over, rolling around, <laughs> staying on his feet. He reminded, I, I hate to say it because he's not Andrew Harris, but he reminded me very much of Andrew Harris, and I believe, you know, he, like Harris, he also caught some passes out of the backfield. He caught two for 19 yards. And I just thought the versatility and just the the purpose that he ran with, he really jumped off the field to me. Zach, I want to piggyback on that because like Oliveira is getting to that point in his career now, right? Like now he's got his second yeah. year, like a running back's career is not long. Like this is now getting into prime Oliveira. Uh, and this yeah. was a game that we would like to see from prime Oliveira, right? Now it's a matter of, can you string that together for, you know, games out of the season and that's kind of what i want to see next from him it's just you know we're a few weeks in he's played well uh but you know we've got a whole 
three quarters of a season to go. So, uh, but I like that aspect that you brought up because we had Andrew Harris in Winnipeg uh, at a time where, you know, that was peak Andrew Harris and maybe even the twilight of his peak a little bit, but now this is the new blood, right? Like in a few years, we might be having those conversations about Brady Oliveira, like we do about Andrew Harris. It's too early to tell yet, but he's the number one guy. And I think tonight he really did play like it when you needed him in the rain, he got the rest, you know, like you kind of owe it to your teammates at that point when you're not practicing all the time and they, you know, you're being supportive where you can, but it matters what you do on the field you know, when the game is on and he really delivered today. Purely respectfully speaking, uh, there's a ways to go for Brady Oliveira to get to that Andrew Harris status, right? That guy played well over a decade, was an MOC candidate over and over and over again. He won a whole pile of Grey Cups and was instrumental in each of those Grey Cup victories. And I say he, 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 you know, one past tense, he's, he's still winning them, right? He's won three straight. He won one in BC and was an absolute beast in that game against the Winnipeg blue bombers. Um, and why you got to bring that that up, Darren, but come on, (laughs) but that's what I'm talking about a guy's legacy, right? But But there was a time though, where Andrew Harris, you know, two years in when he's back in BC, like it starts somewhere, right? Like, this is what I'm saying is Oliver has got the opportunity now. So when, when I say, when I say respectfully to Brady, he's got a ways to go. Yeah. That said, he's showing us game in and game out, not just the production and talent level, but he is showing, uh, you know, he's showing like that passion. He's showing that real grit, that real pride to play for his hometown team, do what you need to do during the week. So your body is good on game day. And then you go out there and you, you go to war for your, your brothers and and your teammates. I'm so impressed with Brady Oliveira. He does awesome stuff off the field. Then you talk to the guy and then just how engaging and down to earth he is and, and how intelligent he is and how insightful he is. And then you see him go out there and just smack guys in the mouth. Oh, he, that's or, his MO, Darren. It's unbelievable. Right? Like he's, he's, he, he's, the, he's the hammer and the defenders are nails. He's not taking contact. Yeah. He's initiating contact. And I just love watching him. He's, I just call him, the, he's a hammer. He's just hammering guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing too, though. You talk about the character of this, like that's a unique part of this team too, right? Like you have him, you know, doing the whole dog rescue thing and, you know, using his platform to the best of his abilities. I think he's gone viral more times for saving, you know, puppies than for, you know, his football. Uh, another guy is Drew Walatarski, you know, with the music, like these guys have dude, other dude. things that come out, you know, like that get them away <laughs> from the football and it's, but they make them interesting characters. Like, you know, Drew Brolatarski. <laughs> I love interviewing that guy. He's like, bro, that's bro, good, bro, bro. But they bro, do have dude. that character outside of football that I think actually makes you a better football team, right? Like these guys have outlets that they get to. I also thought it was interesting that they went to go play paintball uh, after that loss to BC, right? They had a little offense versus defense paintball, and uh, you know, like they, they don't get worked up. They have things to kind of like decompress I guess if you will and I'm wondering how much of an aspect that has on their ability to like or their success that they've had over the last few years but uh, it's really interesting with these guys too like off the field how much they do Uh, even Willie Jefferson he's at like every sporting event in the winter because he's living here now I think I saw him at like few ice games you know, they're at Jets games. Um, Jamarcus well, Hardrick is the Holly's biggest everywhere doing sea bears fan. Holly, yeah, like same deal. Charity work. Yeah. 
she's been really involved in the community. So, you know, you look at this team, hats off to them, right? Because it's, uh, they're very intertwined in the community. Uh, so even the guys that are not from here, I still feel like they kind of get that little bit of hometown feel and maybe guys like Brady Oliveira and Nick Dembski kind of rubs it off a little bit because they see how important it is to those guys who are born and bred here. You guys are from here. Could you imagine dressing up for the blue and gold on IG field in front of sellouts or near sellout crowds or going on the road, wearing the W on your helmet and on your shoulder? Like that's a pretty cool thing, but it feels like it's seeping out to the rest of the team, which is kind of cool. So before we get into our uh, Walby's Warrior, Westwood's Wide to the Right, our bonfire burning point, as Bruce just pointed out, his bonfire burning point for tonight. Would love to see you guys join the live chat and give us the moment in the game that really turned the tides for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers and, and you know, you know sealed the victory. Uh, 17-3 tonight uh, against the Montreal Alouettes, handing them their first loss of the season. But before we do that, well, game balls too. Before we do that, we got to give a shout out to our good friends at Shannon's Irish Pub. If you've never been to Shannon's, you gotta check it out. If you're not downtown much, if you ever find yourself downtown, or you know what, maybe you want to make yourself available downtown, go check them out at Shannon's Irish Pub, 175 Carlton Street. It's just a quick bubble screen down the block from True North Square. Eclectic atmosphere underneath the streets. I mean that literally uh, they got 21 beers on tap jets and blue bombers game day specials home and away every single game. They got specials and then just amazing food. They got your pub classics. Their wings are off the charts, uh, but then they've got some uh, really creative culinary choices as well, including their wild boar and venison burger that you got to check out uh, Shannon's Irish pub.ca. You can find them on Instagram. Uh, at Shannon's Irish Pub as well. Um, Sorry, what, what was that burger? Wild boar <laughs> and venison. Ooh, okay, all right. There's like, there's, right. like a, there's like a there's like a blueberry um, uh, compote on it, and uh, like it it's it's really good. And oh, their man, wings, man, is... like the, these aren't your little skimpy, you know, uh, chain restaurant wings. These are. They're really good and done right. Wings, I expect, but wild boar. Man, yeah, they got uh, they got some good stuff there. there. Yeah, that's something. Yeah, yeah well, we've been that's there after a few, uh, few uh, Sea Bears games, Darren. So yeah, I didn't uh, you didn't bring that to my attention? They had wild boar burgers, so we're gonna have to order one of those on you. Well, Zach, your your video is in and out, <laughs> but I'm glad your your voice is still there. We know you're still there. All the bonfire fire starters out there know you're still there because we need your input on uh, well some of these uh, game day after dark features that uh, you created yeah. that you coined. Um, so Emerson texted the bonfire hotline two zero four eight one six tips two zero four eight one six eight four seven seven fans texting me during the game during the week whenever. Uh, you know, two in the morning, two at night, uh, two in the afternoon. Uh, I kid, of course. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm engaging with you guys and, and chatting. So, uh, you know, if Twitter puts a limit on your, your stuff, text the hotline standard message rates apply. Uh, you can find it in the video description below, uh, as well. But Emerson texted me tonight. He said, Willie J made Cody his B tonight. <laughs> it was a nightmare today. It was a nightmare for Fajardo tonight. Even that uh, batted down yeah, ball, yeah. Uh, he almost yeah. had the sack, which was nice though, because Lawson ended up getting the sack against his old team. So I like that. Yeah. Uh, but like Jefferson's really the one that set that up for him. That was a huge assist on that sack. Jefferson, we didn't, we didn't really talk about Jefferson. He had a well, hang on, game today. hang on. I want to give Willie Jefferson my <laughs> Walby Warrior tonight. The guy was everywhere. Mm -hmm. that's yeah. my choice 
I don't know what you guys think. Are we allowed to pick the same guy? Because that's who I go with for that. But of course, you can pick the same guy. We, the 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 gloves are off and after dark, and so we get to do whatever. We, <laughs> just, we just run on passion and instinct. That's so right. The, so okay, we got we got Wobby Warrior, Happy Honker, Game Ball. What am I missing? Oh, we'll we'll get to Burning. it. Don't 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 worry about it, Joey. We're, we will baptize you into. We'll christen you into. We'll walk you through it, buddy. Yeah. Okay. Thanks, no guys. Question. Hold my hands. No Be question. gentle. You know. All right. Uh, well, I'll, Zach, maybe maybe because uh, because we have to hold Joey's hand tonight, you can uh, you can pick your Walby's warrior next. So my Walby's warrior is a guy that I knew Montreal's offense would test again and again, and that was the field side corner Abu Darami Soiree ADS, mm. as we like to call him. Um, he did get beat on one big um, Cody Fajardo pass to Austin Mack, but Austin Mack made a great adjustment to the ball. I thought uh, he drew an offensive pass interference call early in the game, um, and I thought he he wasn't really at one time, and I think uh, you know he was picked on. They were going after him the entire game, and I think he held his own, and that's a lot of pressure, right? Like the, that secondary... Um, was much maligned last week. He had a rough week. He started that game with a PI uh, in the first drive of the game for BC, which kind of set the tone for the game. And I think he came out and and he rose to the challenge. So he's my uh, he's my Wallabies warrior. Love it. So you sticking with Willie J, Joey? I think so. That's why I want to know the determination of what the different awards are. The guy that went to war tonight. The guy that was the warrior out there. I like your go- Abu Durami Soiree pick, Zach. That's a solid one. Was it was it Swarme that did the that had the big hit on Mac two? Like he kind of got juked out a little bit. I want to say it was in either the first or second quarter. He did have a big um, hit because it was a that. really nice run by Mac. Like it was a nice little fake or a little juke, and then he kind of cut back. But the immediate smack, it was really hard. I kind of thought there'd be a little bit more reaction to the to the hit because he hit him out of bounds and yeah. it was a hard hit. But no, mm-hmm. he he played really well. But I think I still have to give it to Willie Jefferson, man. Like you know, he was all over Fajardo. Fajardo was couldn't get comfortable. I mean, it forced yeah. him to make some plays, which he did make in from time to time, but not enough. Obviously, I mean, they kept him out of the t- out of the end zone the whole game. Uh, kind of owned him like they did with uh, during the Saskatchewan days, right? Like that kind of didn't change. Yeah. But uh, I saw a little bit difference with him. I think that knee injury nagged him last year. Uh, that looks like it's better Fajardo. I'm talking about. Uh, so we saw a little more from him, but it was because of Jefferson, man. Like he was just all over the place. That guy's prime just never ends. Like that guy is just like, it. it he doesn't he's special. Like, he's special. Cause you don't see any decay yeah. in his game whatsoever. Like there's a couple of times tonight, you know, where, um, there's one, was it, uh, Oh, Oh, who was it? Bryant? I think like gray and Bryant, I think it was on the sack. Uh, towards the end of the game where Kolaris got sacked. Like it was a little bit of a, a break in, in the line there where uh, they got through pretty easily. But like you see things like that. It's nothing to be concerned about, but there's guys that are getting older and you, you know, you kind of see here and there where you need the support. But Willie Jefferson, man, like he's just all on all the time. It's insane. It, it really is insane. The, the guy is, uh, he's got a different DNA, you know, uh, outstanding football player. And, You're, like uh, you've I don't know if, if Zach, you've stood beside him, but like Darren, you have like, that's yeah, just a dude that, you know, like <laughs> pro athlete man, football, basketball, like whatever. Like he's just, an I saw him at the, dude. he's a nice guy. I saw him like, at the sea bears game and he said the same, th- he was there with Holly and a couple yeah. of the guys on the offensive line. And, uh, 
he said the same thing he said to me after I saw him at the Canada Nigeria national game a couple years ago. So he's courtside for both of these games. He said the same thing to me. He said, I need a 10 day contract. He <laughs> wants to show I people what he can do on the court. I believe him, man. That guy is just a pure athlete, like, and strong, man. Like, like that guy, if you need to know the arm muscles, just look at him. They are very detailed. <laughs> he's just a well, and let, dude. let alone that, you know, he can touch his knees with his fingertips when he's just, you know, arms are resting at his side, standing up straight mm -hmm. and he can run like a wide receiver, like he played in college. Uh, and he can dip and swim and he can wrap guys up and has the strength to do that. And now he has, I think he's always had it, the, the natural talent of the mind, but mix that, add that with experience. That's why he's everywhere. Pass knockdowns, strip sacks, sacks, quarterback pressures, tackles for loss, tackles to the edge, running guys down. He's just like the freakish athlete that has all of the yeah. pieces. If you could Frankenstein a football player to play in the CFL, you you kind of just say, I, I don't need any of this. I, I I need I need Willie Jefferson. Forget the I want to see a Seabear celebrity dunk contest now because like Jefferson's <laughs> one, but I'm sure there's a few guys on the Bombers that could probably. Well, that was uh, pretty creatively. That was the Isn't other that Liam Dobson. Well, you said there you go. You said Liam Dobson and he's the other one that said something yeah. uh, that that stood out to me. And he said, I'm like, would you uh, would you be, you know, uh, playing physical down there like we, we just saw the Seabears do? And you'd be like, I'd be smashing backboards. Is what yep. Liam Dobson said to me. <laughs> Jamarcus Hardrick also told me the same thing after that game. Like he said, yes. they got to they got to give me a tryout. He wants to sign as an emergency player. So these yeah. guys. Well, Liam Dobson had that that viral video of him dunking in college. Yeah, right? that's what I was saying. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah he yeah. can yeah. dunk too. Sure, Zach, yeah, yeah, he can dunk too. I mean, that, these guys are yeah, athletes. My... Man. It doesn't matter if you're a three hundred pound Canadian O lineman. They're athletes, man. Yeah, I'm. Do you I'm think five Zach Larris's ranges from three? <laughs> <laughs> so I missed that one. I wonder what I wonder what Zach Kolaris's range is from three point land. I don't think he'd be throwing down any dunks, but I don't know if his form would be good. But I just trust him to full court. I just full trust court, him to throw it like a threat. football. Yeah, yeah, full court yeah. threat. The shot from the dot. Line. You know, if if they, he ever steps up to to do the, oh, the yeah. shot from the dot at the Sea Bears game, I think Zach Kolaris is going home with a with a vacation for him and the family. Um, okay, so we go Walby's Warrior, then we do Westies wide to the right in homage to my killer co-hosts uh, for so many years on TSN 1290. So Westwood's wide to the right. The moment in the game that we did not like. And, you know, Joey, you can get creative with this. It can be a moment you didn't like, a play you didn't like. It could be something that just irked you, something you would change, whatever it is. Uh, you got an idea uh, to get us started, Zach? Oh, I do. And it's... Uh... It's the guy that's supposed to get us out of a jam, and he kind of jammed us, and that's Jamison Sheehan. He had a rough outing, gentlemen. He he punted two balls illegally out of bounds, giving Montreal good field position. And then and he not totally – he had the snap issue at the end. Like That was so frustrating because they could have gone up 13 nothing, um, three scores. Not three scores, but it, it, just psychologically to, to fumble that um, – uh, that snap, which wasn't a great snap, but he wasn't able to get it down for 
Sergio Castillo, and it really gave Montreal a little bit of momentum going into the half when, quite frankly, they didn't deserve any. They had been dominated in time of possession and on the lines of scrimmage, and I just thought, um, you know, going up 13 nothing to finish off with the momentum there, uh, he was part of that, that special teams unit that, that struggled. And then he, he also finally took a uh, delay of game penalty uh, late in the fourth quarter, uh, when they were going for field goal, which kind of took them out of field goal range, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so Jam Jam got us in some jams tonight, gentlemen. He's my Westies wide to the right. Yeah, picking, I, picking if, if I'd go wide to the right, it would be the halftime uh, play where it felt like Castillo got saved because, speaking of wide to the right, um, and his field goal attempt, and the timeout came in just in time, so you figure, okay, like this guy doesn't miss much, and you'll hit it again. Then there was just that kerfuffle to end it. Like, I don't know what yeah. that was, but you're right, man. That was a big opportunity. And at that time, we're not yeah. as confident, right? Like, it's only – it's a two-score game, and you had a chance yeah. to make it a three-score game going into the second uh, – well, not a three-score game, but, you know, getting up to, you know, 13 points and putting the pressure yeah. on them a little bit, like you know, close to two touchdowns down. So that would be my wide-to-the-right moment because that was a, a bit of a panic where I'm thinking, yep, you could have went in with all the momentum there. Uh, and you're giving it away. That's a good way to put it, Zach. I think that's, uh, but that would be, I think, by far. Like, I mean, I mean there was one early in the game where Wallatarski missed uh, a catch that went through his fingers, but it wasn't like a, wasn't anything yeah. that cost him, right? Like, was, I can't think of a, a moment other than that that really like irked me. And like, again, there was that one sack towards the end where Kolaris got sacked, but it, you know, at that point, I think it was already 17 3. So, you know, yeah. maybe just 17 nothing, whatever. So, Tamara, who's uh, watching live on YouTube. What's going on, Tamara? She was very upset we didn't have uh, Bonfire midweek this past week. But Zach, you and I made our picks. We will uh, go through all of that uh, on the show this coming week. You're, well, should I, should I, should I share the news? You're you're on a bye week this week. I'm on a bye week. What are you kicking me off midweek now? Is Joey replacing (laughs) me? I, I actually don't think that's a bad idea. He's. He's awesome. No but, way, uh, man. I am no, sh- I am no schnitzy, man. This is your domain. I'm new here. Uh, What's What I'm, would be your nickname? Slattery. I don't know. Slats. Joey. Slats. 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 Slaughterhouse. Um, <laughs> Slaughterhouse. What else have I had throughout the, throughout my days? I've, I've had a few creative ones, but Slaughterhouse was one that, uh, you know, drinking That's in high good. school. <laughs> Guys would be like, Slaughterhouse. <laughs> yeah. Slaughterhouse I mean, that doesn't speak here. to my personality at all. Like, <laughs> I was not a Slaughterhouse in any way. Maybe See, I kind of want to call you Flats. I want to call you Flats because my mom says, oh, I saw Joey Flattery on the TV today. Uh, uh, flattery. Yeah, I get. Uh, well, I, sometimes I'll tell that to people, right? Like my name's pretty straightforward. You are flattering, it's slattery, though. but there's for some reason people want to say slattery uh, or slatter. They'll add another L. But slatterly is another one I get a lot. No. Like, a lot. Yeah, that's one that that's I, I can understand because it's almost harder to say. It's marble mouth slatterly, like you know, slattery is just easy. But when I say people, it's slattery like flattery, just the or battery. Yeah. Or yeah. battery, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. The battery, actually, low battery slattery. I've gotten that one too. Slowy, you know, they're all out there, man. I've got, <laughs> I got a few. They called me that at my high school graduation. Slowy, that's what's set up there. Slowy slats, I think, or something like that. I like that. Uh, I don't even know where to go with that, but I do want to mention as I was talking about uh, Tamara, Shannon's Irish pub. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. Speaking of Shannon's, how about that Shannon's? Yeah, how about that? I think I'm going to go for that burger. Uh, no, for real, <laughs> Shannon's Irish Pub.ca. Go check them out. Uh, Tamara points out that 
the game on TV and the air for air horns are very annoying. Oh, yeah. Love it. Uh, love that so much. I love it see, because, because she's mad. Like that is like a oh, Montreal thing. They've owned it. That's why they, I love it. It is annoying. I'm not arguing that, but like Montreal said, no, this is our thing. When you come here, like, you know, when you come to Winnipeg or you go to Saskatchewan, you just have the crowd, right? You've got cowbells, whatever, but like just 30,000 people is one thing. You don't have that every game in Montreal, but man, it is still an intimidating place to go and it pisses off everybody else that's watching that's not from Montreal. I actually am a huge <laughs> fan of that for reasons like not in terms of that. I think it's, it is annoying. I agree with that a hundred percent, but man, I love that. They just adopted that and said like, no, we're not changing that. I don't care how annoying it is. You guys can keep complaining because we only care about our Montreal fans. And I'm like, Hey man, good on you. I'm looking for uh, attendance tonight. I, don't I, I, I like, it looked I, pretty I agree thin, too. But... Sorry, go ahead. Schnitzi. Well, I was going to say, I, I agree. I, 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 the, the air horns are sort of annoying, but I think it's kind of like a quirky Montreal thing that they bring the fans bring. And that's, uh, that's great, and uh, and I think it's funny that it annoys a lot of Winnipeg fans because <laughs> we talked about it last year when we played in Montreal, uh, when we beat them thirty five twenty. I remember that game. Jerry Grant had a punt return touchdown, but it, it seems like a cool place to play. Although I think for the play by play guys, you can't see the field very well. Hey guys, like that's what I. They're far from what, the field. Yeah. yeah. Well, what's that? I'm Who's giving the field, sorry. The the broadcast booth, like for play by play. Yeah, that stadium is really nice, uh, but it's odd. Like, I've played lacrosse yeah. on there, uh, and I've coached, too. So, like, I remember we were setting up our camera when I was coaching, and it was, like, it's it's pretty big, but everything is, it's, like, wide <clears throat> out. Like, it's not it's not on top, right? Like, I feel like the more modern stadiums, you're kind of more on top of yeah. the action. But, yeah. I yeah. It, it is yeah. definitely not a modern stadium, but it's a truly unique one. It's very Canadian. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like Hogwarts uh, a little bit. And, and, and all that. But, <laughs> but I will... <laughs> Good day for a Quidditch match. Yeah, totally feels like Hogwarts. It does, man. Love like, that. It's, a, it's kind of majestic when you go there in person. I like it's an underrated stadium. Like that's for a university in particularly. It's amazing. So my Westwood wide to the right is uh, for those that don't like the air horns. They don't bother me too too much. Uh, they they kind of remind me of the Vuvuzelas of uh, the South African World Cup. Uh, you know, 10, 12 yeah. years ago, whatever it was. Um, However, if I was in person, I think I would probably hate the air horns too. So, uh, hey, Tamara, thanks for joining us. And uh, yeah, we got Bonfire Midweek coming Wednesday. Is it going to be Wednesday? I think it's Wednesday. We're going to go Wednesday at 7 we'll do. I think we'll do Wednesday. Well, as long as you're okay with me doing it from the lake, I'm, uh, I'm well, like Walby now. We're, we both, you know, we prefer to do things from the lake, you know, it's our happy place. See, that, that, that's the, the good and the bad of Elon Musk, right? Like he screws up Twitter, but then at the same time yeah. he has Starlink. So you can join us from, uh, you know, parts unknown in Southern Manitoba Lake country. You have Starlink? Okay, so, I'm so, yes, so we, we won't get into it, but man, we're gonna have a talk one day. Like I'm so intrigued by Starlink. Yes. It's a pretty great and, thing. I, I've got it out in uh, like Lundar, Lundar Beach. Okay. It works oh yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. It's not um, mine. It's the neighbors, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you mooch out of them. <laughs> well, he, he allows me to use it. Uh, it's uh, nice. Very kind bombers fan. So he knows what's up. Oh, uh, he knows what's up. By the way, Twitter exploded today. What you, I know we don't want to get into this too much, but what there's, there's a limit on how many posts you can read. Yeah. Apparently they're worried about, uh, uh you know, robots, uh, companies using robots and, and automation to like scrape data 
from Twitter. So they limited people to like 600 tweets or 600 tweets viewed. And then there was more if you like you pay the monthly fee or whatever. It's like, you know, 1600, whatever. But like people would people would reach their limit like Elliot Friedman. It's 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 Canada Day. It's NHL free agent frenzy. Right. And he's just working. And and there was the NBA limit. free agency too, like that, like that was by design. I'm sure of it. Like in North America, particularly, like you have two big free agencies happening right now. Yeah, like, but not not That's so stupid. not to People get so much Twitter not, scrapping. Not to get so much into it, but <laughs> this is a guy who wants to monetize Twitter, and he says, "Okay, we need advertisers. Good advertisers want eyeballs." I'm going to put a limit on how many things people can see before I just shut them out. It makes yeah, no sense. Stupid. I like, honestly, Twitter's the one where if it goes, I'm all right with it, man. I'm not going to miss it a little bit. Yeah. Like when remember there was that time is Twitter going to shut down or whatever. A few, this mm-hmm. is like a couple months ago. Yeah. And I like, I honestly, I feel like, you know, Instagram, probably even Facebook, like, you know, there's like certain things on there where I'm like, you know, there's, I probably Analytica. Like, yeah, What's that? Cambridge Analytica. Cambridge Analytica. Uh, you know, my space. Remember the election? Um, yeah. Yeah. But that's the thing. I like, I think I would, you know, there'd be certain things about that I miss, but Twitter is just like, and it's like mostly toxic. That's the other thing too. Like it's a, <laughs> like even but, before but Elon Musk. It is, like Twitter is tailor made for sports fans. Oh, hundred percent. That's the so thing, right? Like when you use get it for that, the, it's great. Yeah. You know, and, don't and engage in, don't engage in chirp sessions with other fans. Well, I think they should they should buy out uh, Mark Shifley and Blake Wheeler. Well, no, I don't think. What are you talking about? They got to get up, you know, idiots. Right. And they yeah. start personal attacks. Right. That's where it gets to be a problem. Like it's yeah. it's the personal attacks, but I wouldn't miss it at all. And heads up, everybody. No, I don't think the Jets would think about buying Mark Shifley out. Be serious. Uh, Breaking bonfire <laughs> Right. <laughs> right. Well, Rod Peterson today said an NHL agent told him uh, he tweeted this before, you know, I hit my limit on Twitter. Uh, he tweeted that an, an NHL agent told him that the Nashville Predators are poking around on acquiring Connor Hellebuck. Now they got they got yes, Askarov. They, they drafted 11th overall a couple years ago. They, they've got the, Who's that the Rush- Nashville. So central division nightmare. Yeah. Does he want to go there though? I know we're well, not. I don't think it ma- Jets, like, you can, like, does he have a no move? Does he have a, a no trade? That's, or what, I, that's no what I'm trade? wondering. But also I feel like there is a sense of loyalty to that guy. Like we know how the jets operate. So I feel like even if there wasn't, if he was like, I have teams I want to go to, they would probably do their best to make it work. I hold I on think... to him. I'd wait for the desperation to, to grow as we get closer to trade deadline. Like there's no real desperation at this point of the season. It's the off season. Thanks, yeah. Aaron. Yeah, thanks, Aaron. Appreciate you. Uh, we're, ah, thank we're, you. We're we're definitely cousins with the the, the beards tonight. Oh, I didn't even. I'm going to turn my hat this. around now. Okay. There I'm we go. Switch, I'm gonna switch. Give the viewers what they want. <laughs> um, Give the viewers what they want. <laughs> the bearded boys. Okay, let's get it back. Bombers. Yeah, on that's right. Let, let's get it back on track here. Bombers win seventeen three tonight, and we've talked about social media, politics, uh, econ- uh, international economics, French um, horns, and uh, the Winnipeg Jets and free agency. <laughs> uh, so now we'll get back to uh, the football. And now that we've done Walby's Warrior and Westwood's Wide to the Right, 
Let's start getting into it, guys. Uh, we have our bonfire burning point. Yeah, the baby. moment in the game that changed yeah. everything. Um, Alexander for me. Okay. Yeah, I think if, if I think there's no there's no arguing that. It's just like because that um, at that time of the game for me, mm-hmm. like that changes the whole game if he doesn't make that interception because that was a pretty easy touchdown if he's not there at that exact time. Like he came in like Superman, not only knock the pass down, but you get mm-hmm. the possession back and give your offense better field position. I, I, I to me that that one stood out like a sore thumb in a good way. You agree, Zach? Yeah, we were. Yeah, we were only up ten nothing at that point, and they were driving. And uh, he picks. It was almost a red zone. It was a red zone TD. I was going to say almost TD because it wasn't like you said, Joey. It was. Uh, it was a touchdown he that he took two. away from Cody. He's on the two yard line, and he just played it perfectly and fooled Cody Fajardo. And then he took it all the way. I think we got up to their to the Montreal fifty. And then 46. was it the next? Was it the fall? Was it the ensuing drive that we had the uh, uh, Dalton shown touchdown? I'm gonna so, walk I mean, you guys. A, I'm gonna walk you guys through. It's a 14 this, okay? point swing. That's huge. That's I'm, the I'm gonna, that's I'm the gonna, definition of a burning point. It was sizzling. Come on. So I'm gonna walk <laughs> you through the third quarter here. Come on now. Okay? In in brief, this is the third quarter uh, with obviously the Bombers leading 10 nothing uh, to begin the third quarter after a shortened halftime. Uh, Montreal's first possession. William Stanback fumbles. Dietrich Nichols punches it out. Recovered by Demario Houston, who just seems to be Johnny on the spot. Week in yeah, and week loose out. Loose change. Uh, loose change, exactly. Yeah, baby. Exact. Uh, tinkle, Winnipeg, tinkle. Winnipeg's offense goes two and out. Montreal's on the field. It's the Malik Clements blitz from the weak side that creates the pressure. Cam Lawson gets his first of two sacks on the night. The Bombers get the ball back. Uh, another two and out for the Bombers offense. So two straight two and outs. Then Montreal gets the Keon Julian Grant 69-yard catch and run sets them up in real nice position to score. That's when the Brandon Alexander interception comes on his own to a 62-yard interception return all the way to the Montreal 46. And then Winnipeg uses the run game to control the ball, settle things down, six plays, 51-yard drive, capped by a Dalton shown 21-yard touchdown in the back of the end zone to go up 17-0. Uh, I think it's very hard to uh, to disagree that that's your bonfire burning point tonight. B.A. with a yeah. real nice pick, uh, stepping in front and kind of grabbing it in his guts, and then taking off, breaking tackles. On the side, yeah, that was incredible. I mean, it was. I think it was just, um, just synonymous with the way the defense played tonight. I think again, the Bombers had chances to put the game away, and the offense either couldn't do it or something happened, and uh, the defense just came up with timely turnovers, and that was that was the uh, that was the golden goose that one that was a massive massive 14 point swing the very epitome of a burning point yes sir okay now it's time for my favorite segment of game day after yes, dark sir. oh yes time for your happy honker what's a happy in, honker darren we got to tell joey here well first thing it's, it's in honor it's in honor of cactus jack wells of CJOB of many years gone by legend. Uh, the blue bombers press box at IG field is called the two Jacks press box inside the Bob Irving media center. Right. Yeah. 
uh, Cactus Jack uh, had his Happy Honker Award um, that uh, people would kind of like, you know, honk their horns after the game as they're, you know, driving and, and leaving uh, on, on St. James Street uh, back in the day. So Happy Honker. Well, you, you describe it for us, uh, Zach. Well, yeah, it's the kind of like the the thing that flies under the radar that really made an impact that no one's talking about or, you know, just just maybe a smaller thing you notice was something something from a player or coach um, that that we haven't talked about yet. For me, the happy honker just goes to Jackson Jeffcoat. I don't know how many mm. pressures he had. I just it, it Willie. I don't think it's any coincidence that Willie Jefferson, you know, he was able to do Willie things that only Willie can do. And it and it coincided with Jeffcoat coming back. He has the most he has the most pressures in the league. He's just a game wrecker. And he get I saw him get double teamed a number of times, and that just opens up Willie to do Willie things. Um and I thought, you know, Cameron Lawson there is able because because Jeffcoat draws a double team, Cam Lawson can get a couple sacks, and that's huge to have Lawson because I think Schmeckel uh, wasn't doing a whole lot uh, in the interior there. So I think he just he he's he's the straw that stirs a drink in some way where he's back and you see this massive impact on the entire defense. Cam Lawson coming back from uh, from the injured list, so uh, a big addition. To, yeah, uh, you know, provide some depth and and well, even more than depth, provide some impact alongside yeah. uh, Ricky Walker and and Jake Thomas on the interior of that D line. Uh, I'm gonna give my happy honker award tonight to Nick Dembski. And the growing family. I've been talking with him for <laughs> nice. Frankly, I've been talking with him for months about him having his first child with his partner, right? And how excited he is. And and you can check it out on the YouTube channel. We played it in the pregame show, but if you just want the the Nick Dembski interview that I did with him, uh, that's up on uh, the YouTube channel as well in the video section. Uh, you can see his face. Just the pride of talking about being a dad, and you know he's stressed, and it's during the football season, and all these things. Um, I'm I I know he wanted to be with his teammates tonight, especially following a, a tough loss. Uh, Dembski and the Bombers have played some wildly entertaining games. We talked about that. Uh, so many crazy games in Montreal through the years, um, but he was back where he needed to be, and uh, wishing him and his growing family all the best. That is my happy honker. Do we? Uh, nice. I, I had to do it. I, I had to had do the, the sound today. effect. Had to. Yeah. Did they have the baby too? Yeah. No, no word. Hmm. Well, my happy honker. You guys. Uh, well, you gave some love to the defense, Nitsy. I have to give it to Walatarski. Like, and this might. Yeah. I'm not here every game, but like you know, in the last few games, like you know. And he doesn't take it as the opportunity. Like I asked him about it. Do you feel with everything going on right now? Like this is your opportunity to kind of break out after a couple of seasons, like one touchdown seasons. What does he have now? Three, four, like three and three and three games. It's huge. Right. So he's, he's really coming together uh, and, and stepping up when he needs to be. And at that point in the game too, we talk about like the burning point or whatever uh, that opened up the floodgates a little bit because it wasn't going, I wouldn't say floodgates, but that's what got them going. Right. Because I think there yeah. was there not a, a turn uh, turnover t- or um, called back play before that. Maybe. Yeah. Greg McRae, the touchdown. That's the one. Greg McRae so had called, a touchdown. Yeah. So that one's called back. And then Wallatarski goes in and it was a pretty nice catch. Like he's running. It was a, that. Yeah. And, and that was a really nice throw. Too, right? Cause it cuts off. Like it goes right up to the track. Right. So that's he gets right. that and he gets that little push. Like that's, it's almost like a, 
I guess the equivalent would be in baseball when a guy's running towards the warning track, you know, to make a good, yeah, a nice catch. Totally. Like, that's what it felt like, but you have, you know, people running after you trying to hurt you too. So <laughs> like, that's a pretty impressive catch that he made. And I love his celebrations. I love when him and Zach start doing the, uh, the guitar solos in front of each Air other. Air guitar, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I have to give my happy honker to Drew Walatarski today. I think I like uh, it. it's, it's kind of collective over the first part of the season. But today, I think he wasn't the turning point, but was a turning point, at least for the first half. Yeah, he, he was an impact player. I don't want people to overlook just how beautiful the touch on that football was yeah. on that drew willitarski touchdown pass like zach kolaris makes it look so easy and it ain't that no. is such incredible arm talent there's, even that shown yeah. throw yeah like the one that he threw it was to a little bit more like open but yeah yeah no but even just like you know in the rain and everything else like it was just a yeah the rain. open to him like it was just like over the head of the defender just it, like such an easy catch and I'm thinking about it when they showed the replay and you see how hard it's raining at the time. You're like, oh man, he's pretty good at this football thing. I think this is going to work out for him. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Uh, so now that we've uh, gone through all of those, uh, we have to hand out some game balls. And uh, I will kick it off tonight. We give game balls. So this is how I approach the game balls. Zach, <laughs> you you approach the game balls, uh, you know, in a more traditional sense. I approach the game balls as if I was a coach on the team and I want to give it to somebody who maybe wasn't like, you know, uh, you know, Brady Oliveira tonight with a ton of yards and played hard and, you know, uh, Willie Jefferson with the great stat line and, and making an impact or that sort of thing. Uh, I'm going to give a game ball to Cam Lawson for just getting healthy and then being rock solid in the middle of that D line. And I'm giving a game ball to Greg McRae. We just talked about his touchdown being pulled back. But if I'm a coach on the Winnipeg Blue Bombers, I'm looking at Greg McRae and saying, you have stayed ready. Because when your name was called, when your shoulder was tapped and we needed you on the roster, you weren't just there. You showed mm -hmm. up and you showed really, really well. So uh, those are uh, one guy on offense, one guy on defense uh, that I'm giving my game balls to tonight. Who's next? Nice, DB. You go, Joey. I, I'm going Brady Oliveira, man. I'm not I'm not going to flip the script on that. He played so well tonight. Um, I guess uh, I'll give the laces of the game ball to Rasheed Bailey for his run game today. I know it was only, what, 12 <laughs> yards, but he should have had more if it weren't for that illegal block. But, uh, no, Brady yeah. Oliveira, the run game as a whole was just, you know, was on tonight. And that's, you know, you can give the game ball the whole offensive line if you wanted to. But nice, uh, yeah. Oliveira today, like, you know, you needed him tonight rain day you're down a receiver um big game to bounce back and as we talked about right like here's a guy that starts that needs to start making his push you're just getting into your prime now there's no more rookie experience first time starter experience you know and i think today that was a i wouldn't say a statement game but it was a proving game a little bit this is a guy when you needed to depend on him you kind of had that andrew harris trust in him this time and he pulled through yeah, I, j just to to be a bit different, I'll give mine. Uh, I'll have five of them, Darren. I know this is going to give you an ulcer. Five, but five, five. I'm already five in for debt to five. Wilson. Wilson know, Sporting Goods Incorporated. You know oh, the invoice. You know they invoiced me again. <laughs> you get a game ball. You get a game ball. You get a game ball. I know. I just love how you pay for it. Maybe I should pay for those game balls. But but dude, the the offensive line, gentlemen, 
they had to make a statement. They, for the first time ever, looked beatable against yeah. BC. And they got owned. And um, it's just not something we're used to seeing. So I think the big question coming into this game is there's a bit of a narrative of are they old? Are they all over the hill? Newfeld, Hardrick, uh, not so much Gray. He's younger. Kolonkowski as well. But Newfeld, Hardrick, and Bryant into, well and into the, their the 30s. Penalties. The penalties that were and the penalties. That. You know, you're slow, yeah. you're old, you're you're holding, you're, you know, you're yeah, starting because exactly. you're afraid of getting beat off the edge. Yeah. So I think people that saw that game, it's, it's like bloods in the water. The sharks are circling. It's like, are these guys beatable? And we know um, Montreal, uh, guys like Nick Usher, right? They, they have a good D-line, good front seven. And Noel Thorpe uh, is a good D-coordinator. He can cause problems. They like to blitz. And that O-line, they only gave up one sack. And they they produced 174 yards of rushing. Not just from Brady Oliveira, but from Greg McRae and Rashid Bailey. Like the running game was was really clicking. I gotta give Buck Pierce some uh, some love here. He might get you another give him game, the game ball. ball. So, yeah. yeah, you could give him the game ball. That'd be six. Marty, I know, but how about Marty Costello for whipping his sure. legs into shape? Well, and I think I think I was listening to the pregame with game day with you and Walby DB. And and I believe you guys talked about uh, was it is it Avery Ellis the middle linebacker for Montreal that's uh, that was out D end was, oh, wasn't no, the middle the, linebacker out the linebacker that was out was um, uh, Avery Williams Avery Williams isn't he the Mac isn't he the middle linebacker he's, he's so the I Mac. think yep. yep so when your middle linebacker is out your starting middle linebacker I think it it just it makes sense to attack them with the run. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not saying that was the only reason it worked, but I just think they exposed um, Speaking of exposed, Montreal's front. Getting a little bright on my face here as I pull up the... Uh, yeah, you're exposed, DB. The white dev- you oh, guys been... look really, like, really warm, like golden. I'm very white. I feel like well, this is the this is, this is <laughs> this is game day after dark. You're, you're huddled yeah. around a bonfire late at night. It's, it's golden. Sorry, well, I can fix that. Hold on. I think I can. Give me one second. Warm it up, slats. Come on. There we go. Is that warm enough? I think that's as Yeah, that's... Now now it's cool. Oh, it's getting warmer. It's getting warmer. We'll see. There you go. Bonfire warm. Okay, here we go. Embers. Just sitting around (laughs) the embers. You've been... You've been... You were breathing smoke. You were... uh, Needing to get away from the fire a little bit. Uh, Maybe a bad joke to make tonight with, uh, you know... Well, there was a lot of smoke. How about that smoke? Well, is it Willie? like is it bad talking about Willie? How about that smoke? Actually, it is that the smoke is bad here too. Yeah, but I, uh, I don't know. Today didn't seem too bad in Winnipeg, but no, we we've been very I, fortunate compared to uh, you know Saskatchewan, and Alberta, and BC, and then the East as well. Uh, it, it's been it's been tough out there. Yeah, yeah I was talking to my uh, my folks today uh, in Northern Ontario. Like they're not having fireworks or anything today because of it. So it's it's all over, man. From like that coast stinks. to coast, and we've just been right in the middle and. We've been fortunate here that we didn't have to deal with it, uh, like other than some hazy days, but we really had it pretty good. Yep. Yep. Uh, Good comment from Bruce Martell, who's bringing it again tonight. What's going on, Bruce? Greg McRae gives us more. (laughs) Greg McRae gives us more versatility with a dual running threat, and he is also a good receiver who can fly with great speed, says Bruce. Uh, Well said. Uh, Yeah. You know, he's. He's kind of uh, the weapon we're seeing more and more of in the CFL. And I think 
Paul Police, Buck Pierce, the Blue Bombers, that, uh, you know, Dembski usage, that Andrew Harris usage, um, that um, Rashid Bailey usage, now Greg McRae, even uh, even um, Janarian Grant at times, or the way, uh, you know, Brandon Banks has been used uh, in, in years gone by. Maybe not so much running the football, but, uh, you know, shovel passes and, and stuff in the flats, bubble screens, those sorts of things. Uh, it, when you have so much space, on a Canadian football field, you know, like it's 63 point something yards wide. Everyone says 65. They're rounding up. I digress. <laughs> uh, when you have that much space. Such a purist. And, and uh, yes, indeed I am. Uh, when you have, a, you know, the 20 yard end zone, um, you need to find guys that can make one guy miss. If you can make one guy miss. You can be home free. You can be a home run. Yeah. Go all the way to the house. And I think that threat defensive coordinators league wide are fully aware of. So I think that's why these smaller, speedier guys are are, you know, yeah. getting more and more opportunities in the CFL. Yeah. Well said, DB. I think that's a that's an awesome thing about the CFL. You got um and NFL guys that come up here, though, they will say it too that the, the athletes here are good. They're just, yeah. they're, you know, I'm not saying they're the physical freaks of the NFL. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it gives an opportunity to guys who are amazing athletes. They just don't fit the NFL game. They're speedier and smaller. You see that in some of our DBs. And, and Oh, Zach went bye-bye. Part of the CFL game, too. The third pillar is is all the space that's afforded to returners and the, that special teams aspect yep. of the CFL is so much fun. And I, I love seeing McCray and that 34 yard run, man, he had wheels. He just broke away from the first wave uh, into the secondary. Well, it's funny okay. too. Like even like the size of the field, that's what uh, drew or um, Dakota Prukop was saying uh, when he came back, right. Cause he was playing in the USFL and he said for the first few, uh, first few practices, he was just launching them through the end zone because <laughs> the end zone's so much bigger. <laughs> He's like, it was surprising how quickly he had to kind of get back to the American game, which he played his whole life. He said it was like flexing an old muscle, but it is, it is an adjustment. And for some guys, you know, it, 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 it uh, exploits their strengths. A uh, perfect example, Austin Mack, that guy was an Ohio state wide receiver. Like that guy is no slouch. And he's a great athlete here too. And I think guys like him, uh, and there's many to name, it's just because we watched him tonight, but I think guys come here from the NFL or from, you know, American college, not sure what they're getting into. And then you realize like, man, this is a real league with real players and real coverage, right? Like, you know, I'm thinking even of Mac when he's coming to Canada, is he thinking like, oh, am I going to be playing in these, you know, rink-a-dink stadiums? Do we even have TV rights? Is it going to be a webcast? Like, then you get here and it's like, oh, TSN and they've got the spider cam and everything else. Like, you get really, you get to know real quick, especially when you come to the Western provinces where like even the attendance gets a little better. You realize like this is a real game um, and it's not, it's not a, um, how would I put it? I want to say like a tier two league because I'm not trying to say it compared to the NFL. They're two different games, right? But it is an elite league. Like you can't just walk in here and be like, oh, I haven't played football in a few years. I think I'm going to go try out for the Blue Bombers. Like that's I, just not how it works. I will share on that point because I talk to people about this all the time. The NFL is the biggest and most talented league in the world. Okay. it It always will be unless something crazy happens, but it always will be because of the money and the infrastructure and everything that it's built itself to be, right? It's a multi-billion dollar business. 
and it's growing. It's crazy. Okay. That said, I think for a lot of people who watch the games on the American networks and then read about it and, you know, watch stuff online and read about it and play the fantasy football and, uh, you know, see the, you know, the, the beer ads and, and the, the food ads and all those things and all the, the cross promotion integration, they look at it and then they watch the games and the Super Bowl. And it's all, oh, gosh, it's Beyonce, you know, like, or it's, uh, you know, the, these huge acts and all of the broadcast power that you're kind of talking about, Joey, um, that broadcast power, that flash, I think people don't realize how much of a sales tool that is. If you look at the game, if you look at the athletes, if you look at the action rules and, uh, you know, uh, rules and different field sizes and all those things aside. If you look at the action on the field, it is way, way more comparable than people. A lot of people realize Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco, long time in the NFL, widely known, widely regarded as one of the best route runners in recent NFL history. Okay. Comes to the CFL and he said it this past off season. He's like, Oh, these guys are good. Yeah. The NFL is so big that you think the guys that are cut are completely out of their league. No, they have 90 man off season rosters. And if you're the 95th or the 91st or the 105th, you're probably in the CFL. You might be in the XFL. There's... You might be in, in, in USFL, but you're right there. Like Austin yeah. Mack has NFL game experience. Dietrich Nichols, if he was an inch taller, he could have gotten a more opportunity. He'd probably be in the NFL today. How many guys go from the CFL to the NFL and back and forth and back and forth? Why? Why would somebody go back and forth year to year like a Jamal Peters or um, a Marcus Sales or, you know, uh, a Winston Hamilton. Rose or, yeah, or, you know, yeah, like um, uh, yeah, Adam Biggs. Why would that weird, happen if, if it's such a different level of athlete? It's not. And that's that's what it's people not. have to understand, though, too. The NFL is the only big four league that doesn't have a development league, right? So if a guy's cut, you can't send Well, the send NCAA a guy, is their development league, right? Totally, but you can't send a guy back is what I'm saying, right? It's like you right. can't – so like you don't have like a, a Manitoba moose. So you can't say like, oh, you're good, uh, but we need you here because there's no room on our roster or you need to improve on this or that. It is cutthroat. You are – gone like it's yeah. you know mm. so you're, like you're saying these are these are hairs like you look at every other league how many guys from you know the manitoba moose are going up and down you know to the jets uh in the nba the 10-day contracts if they don't have people in the g league which again even the g league's relatively new uh but, you know like other leagues have these developments and it works in the favor of the cfl the other thing is a lot of these players that aren't from canada played in you d1 uh, football, right? They played division one and that is a diehard fandom. So you have guys that are or fans that are, you know, in Cincinnati or, uh, you know, Kentucky, uh, all these schools that, you know, we don't always see in bowl games or the big bowl games, Ohio state, if they are one of the bigger teams like Mac, but these guys are tuning in like, Oh, I remember him. That was because they're stars there in college. So yep. when they come yeah. here, they're going to watch it. And that's the entertainment value. It's like, oh, where were, where are they now? Like, oh, they're playing yeah. in the CFL. Wow, this game yeah. is pretty good. Oh, they didn't just fall off the wagon. They're Johnny like, Manziel, what? I had this. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I was going to say it's like 1.6% of NCAA players make it to the NFL. And that could be like for half a season. 
Tim Tebow's a legend. He didn't like basically other than like the miracle he had with Denver, uh, like didn't really do anything. His career was so short. He was that guy's league. a legend he was in, in Florida, right? Yeah, he how was about, how about Danny like, McManus? People don't realize Danny McManus, like if, if Danny McManus walks into Florida State University or walks yeah. into a Tallahassee bar, it's like, it's Danny McManus. Duff, like people like, Duff like it's Boston him and Jameis Winston, same yeah. level of recognition in Tallahassee, Florida. I'm telling well, you guys. Jeff Coat goes to Texas every time they win a great cup. Yep. Like it's like they yep. roll out the red carpet because he was a star there. It's not like you yeah. sports where, you know, we're kind of keeping tabs. Like that is everything to those people in those markets. And going back to the skill level DB, like I was in Toronto a couple of weeks ago uh, and uh, I was at a bar talking to a bartender and he was just trashing the CFL, which, you know, I'm not gonna get on that. It's a Toronto thing. It's an Ontario thing. They don't, it, it doesn't Toronto work. Toronto thing. doesn't work anywhere, is. which is total BS. Different and he's world, going man. off and I asked him, I said, well, why, why don't you watch it? Like your team won a great cup. None of your teams are winning anything. Like you had the Raptors in 2019. Uh, you had the Blue Jays in 93. So why wouldn't you? you go root for your team like the essence of sports is cheering for the home team and the argonauts had a really good team last year that won the great cup against probably the better team but they beat them they beat them like that was a good so game. what did he they say the way to beat the best and he goes well it's not the best of the best and then we bring i think zach Clarus might have been the example he said well he should be going to the nfl you know to get his shot there and I'm thinking these guys want to play. They don't want to ride a bench. Like what? Like you're going there hoping a guy gets hurt that you get your chance to have like two games. I'm like, no, man, these guys are stars in Canada. And that is okay because it's a real league. And yep. then I bring up Johnny Manziel. I'm like, okay, so you're saying Johnny Manziel, who was, you know, uh, crazy. He wasn't first overall at the time and that he dropped so low to Cleveland. He started for Cleveland. How'd that go? Yeah. He came to the CFL and ride and he was riding pine while he was here. And like, yeah. so picks. tell me, tell me again. And then I asked him the same deal. I say, well, did you watch, do you watch NCAA football? Oh yeah. Cause the best, the best. I'm like, well, most of the guys that you watch are probably in the CFL ding dong. Anyway, it wasn't the <laughs> best players on the field, the best players on the field in the NCAA, not all like just the best of them. The, oh, they're the You're best of the best. Well, shirts. the best yeah. of the best of the best are in the CFL now. Like uh, there right? was a kid yeah. that I covered in North Bay, Jeff Ontario, Garcia. where Michael Shea's from. Uh, and he is now playing as a practice or he might've, I think his rights are with the Argonauts for the CFL. Uh, his name's Ryan Hunter. And he decided to go on it. He played at Bowling Green, had a great, you know, college career there. Uh, he's been on the practice roster for the chiefs forever. Like he makes good money, but it's like, you know, that's his decision and that's fine. But if you come here, like you're, you don't even get a guaranteed spot, but you probably have a better chance to play and you get to play at home. But like, it's, it's like those guys, like he was a great player in college and he's a practice roster guy there. And guys that come here, they're like, I don't want to be a practice roster guy. I want to play. And they have to fight for yeah. their positions here too. There's not, you know, it's not like we have 30 teams. Like there's only so many positions, so it's still very competitive. Like no one's promised anything, right? Even in this league. Yep. So, and you hear those guys that talk about injuries, Winnipeg, like Jamarcus like Hardrick. Winnipeg, like he says he loves Winnipeg and he supports all the Winnipeg sports teams because Winnipeg gave him a chance to live out his dream to play pro, right? Like that's the thing. He got a second chance. He's taken the best of it. And at the end of the day, you are playing pro football in front of diehard fans. You're signing autographs for kids, taking pictures. You are the man here right. in Winnipeg or yeah. Saskatchewan, even Edmonton, 
right? Like, uh, you know, I wouldn't say it's as diehard as the middle prairies, but it's like Hamilton. you go to Edmonton or Calgary, yeah. Hamilton, same deal. Like you kind of get to live your legendary life and there's opportunities afterwards. You might not make the NFL money, but you're going to find yourself in a good position afterwards. But it's like, I, I'm so tired of that argument. And, you know, I grew up in Ontario. It's the same thing. Like we didn't, I didn't really watch the NFL. Like my dad and I watched the NFL at the cottage uh, when it was on CBC and my dad was a big Doug Flutie guy. So, you know, and even when Flutie went from the Argonauts to uh, Buffalo, like then that's when I started watching the NFL. Right. Like it's in uh-huh. Ontario, it's just like, you know, I grew up in Timmins. There's no team near us. Like, you know, you're eight hours from Toronto, which would be the nearest team. But uh, and there was no football. We didn't have high school football or anything like that. But it's it's just this Ontario thing. And it's, you know, a Toronto thing. Well, it doesn't work here. The CFL is garbage. It's like, man, those guys have never moved outside of the Ontario borders. When you come out here, I remember I moved to Saskatchewan first. I was in Regina. My first uh, CFL experience outside of Ontario, like was a riders game. And I remember for a preseason game, driving to work, seeing people wearing green, going into like law offices and stuff. And I'm like, it was mm. a preseason game. I'm like, Oh man, no, this is, that is absolute garbage. Cause the Ottawa red blacks draw pretty well. I've been to a few games there. Um, yeah. you know, Hamilton draws well, like it works in those markets, but there's still that conception of it's like, ah, it's like, you know, our B team, you know, it's not the Sens. It's, you know, uh, even in Hamilton, like it's theirs. Cause it's just, they're far enough from Toronto, you know, that it's, you know, the hammer or whatever, but then you get out here and you're like, man, no, this is, this is a real league, not only for players, but for fans too. Well, there, so there's, a, anyway, there's a, reason, there's a reason, there's a reason the CFL, <laughs> there's a reason the CFL is still around. And the NHL, it was like original six. It was Montreal and and Toronto, right? And a big reason why the NHL came back to Winnipeg and even came to Calgary from Atlanta, the Flames, like the Atlanta Flames going to Calgary, the Atlanta Thrashers coming to Winnipeg is because of the economic engine that is Southern Southern Ontario and Quebec. It's not a direct thing. It's indirect, but that's the reason why the NHL um, is so big in Canada, right? It's because the the 20 million people in Quebec and, and Southern Ontario and yeah, sure, BC and Alberta and Manitoba too, absolutely. But that's why. In the CFL, it's not that. It's the other way around. It's the West. It's the rural areas. It's uh, like here, Kyle... Said he was coming in late, but he was at the fireworks in good old Richer, Manitoba, or Richer. Richer. Yeah. Uh, Richer, on the way to the lake the for me. Yeah. Um, but, but you know, like, like that's it. That That's who uh, pays the bills. That's what moves the needle. That's what uh, lives and breathes Canadian football. And uh, you're not going to convince somebody in Toronto uh, for whatever reason. Uh, Which is too have, bad because you have well, Joey, the most we've historic the, pro football team. Like you have yeah. the oldest pro football team yeah, in right. North America. It's like, and I, I agree with you. It's not going to change, but it's just, it's too bad that it doesn't because you know, it's too big of a city. It's too American well, and style. It, it ain't going to take a, it ain't going to be a, a Drake concert. That's going to, Oh, okay, cool. It ain't. Well, that's it. Like, you know what? That would that's would be what it takes. Like, if you want to sell at that place, you bring Drake in for a halftime show or something We've like that. Been, then people show up. But as a member of the media who's been covering this league daily for for over a decade, I go to Grey Cups. I talk to the media, you know, other media colleagues and that sort of thing. Zach and I have had this conversation. Uh, you can have those conversations ad nauseum about what will it take to get Toronto on board. It's it's a forever conversation. It's it's one that uh, I don't know will ever be answered until it's ultimately answered. 
uh, for yeah. better or worse. Uh, I sure hope it's not for worse. Uh, but and there Kyle, are diehard yeah. fans. Like, yeah. It's not like they don't Yeah, there's have about 10,000 of them. Yeah, I've, like, I've interacted like, I know with some, some of their fans. Yeah, like I've interacted with the boat. There's probably about like 10K of them that are diehard season ticket holders, and they're great people and they're great fans. And I've yep. been on their podcast. I mean, the. Um, yeah, no, there's some really great. It's just too bad there aren't more. But I think there's also so many choices in Toronto, Big, and I just don't think uh, you know the Argos are cool. But like you look at the T, the uh, Toronto, but yeah, but you look at TFC like Toronto FC. I mean, nobody says oh we didn't watch Toronto FC because it's not the Premier League. Just because it's not the singular best league in the world doesn't mean it can't be popular in a good game. I mean, the, the MLS is very America. popular. Yeah, but it's the biggest one in North America, right? So that's yeah, the thing. Because you're right, it's 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 hard to do Europe, but a lot of those guys come back, right? Like talking about how NFL players come to the CFL, you see a lot of European guys coming over to play in MLS towards the end of their career. Like Messi, isn't he playing in like Miami now or something? Yeah, not a huge soccer yeah. guy, but you yeah, know that that, that, that is a, yeah, yeah, and that that's a big difference there too. But the thing with the Argonauts, and I'll I'll kind of put a wedge in this is like I don't think they need to succeed. I think that actually kind of works. It's like the it kind of makes you appreciate what you have in the other markets. And it's kind of the one thing that every city has over Toronto in this league is like, they can't support it, even though they have 3 million people. But um, is it you know, sustainable? The- is the, is the monster corporation that owns and runs the Argos and Toronto FC and the Leafs and the Raptors and the rest, is that monster corporation going to do it forever? Well, uh, they like to cut stuff. So, you know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the other question Kyle had was what's the scoop with Kenny Lawler? People have been asking me for weeks and a ton today because the game was delayed and, you know, people were start talking about the bombers. Okay. You know, I'm going to text the hotline and, and see what's what no update on Kenny Lawler. We're four weeks Dang. in now. He said three to four weeks. So we will ask Mike O'Shea when the bombers return to the practice field uh, early this week. But uh, you know, on that note, I think uh, everybody should really just right now focus on this team being really good three and one on the season. Uh, they next play at home Friday, July 7th against the Calgary Stampeders. Uh, that's going to be a really, really fun game because when the stamps come to town, it's always a battle. Well, now you're looking at a team that is not the same Stampeders team we've seen over the last decade plus and a Winnipeg team that is coming off a home loss. They don't want to, you know, I would say that game July 7th is more important in the minds of the blue bombers to go out and, and, you know, lay it down because they don't want to lose at home and they're embarrassed losing 30 to six a week ago to the BC Lions. So uh, hang tight. It's going to be fun. We'll do a a pregame show uh, on. uh, So that's Friday, July 7th. We'll do a pregame show on Thursday. Chris Welby will join me 3 PM. We will try to get that going. Bonfire midweek. Zach's going to try to join us. I'm going to bring in some uh, some different things and uh, uh, have a very fun uh, bonfire midweek on Wednesday live at 7:30. But uh, this was a lot of fun, guys. Heck of a football game tonight. Yeah, no kidding, man. Thanks for having me. This was a ton of fun. Did we lose Schnitzy? Uh, he was just done. He's like, I'm out. <laughs> it's taking too long. I thought he dozed off on us a few times, but oh, there, oh, there he, he is. is. There he is. He's back. Sorry, gentlemen. Uh, I guess the Starlink isn't infallible. Uh, I must have <laughs> a bunch of orbiting satellites. Must have missed West Hawk Lake for a bit there. I thought you were just fatigued and you're like, I'm out of here. Yeah, I'm out of here. Suck. 
<laughs> you got a you got a thorax injury. Your day to day. We'll see if you'll practice in a couple of days. But I just keep days. thinking when I hear thorax, I just keep thinking of the Lorax and Doctor Zeus. Right. Oh, see, yeah. For some reason, right? it reminds me of like Transformers. I'm like, that's a Transformer injury. Lorax. Yeah, that's a good one. Transformer for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, final thoughts, guys, uh, as we, uh, sign off here on game day after dark, thanks to everybody who's, uh, been, uh, joining the, uh, joining the live chat. I agree with Brady. Who's watching live on, uh, YouTube young CFL fan right there. Brady Friesen, at least nice. that is your photo. Great chat. Agreed. Thanks yeah. for joining us around the bonfire. That's awesome. Brady. We need young fans to keep it up. Oh, there's lots. Hey, come on. I'm I'm still in that young fan group, you old guys. We're we're doing okay. We're coming along. <laughs> do you do you I know final thoughts, but I mean l- w- let me ask one thing like let's open a new can of you, worms. Just throw it out, Schnitzy. Let's keep going. <laughs> I mean, yeah, let's keep going, right? Like uh, just kidding, Darren. We'll wrap it up in a minute. But like, <laughs> do you guys know Joey, especially you if you're younger? Like, do you know people that are that are fans of the CFL, like younger people? Oh yeah. Like I'm not that young, but yeah, like there's like, I would say there's like, especially around here, man, you go to like, you're, you would know actually better than us. Cause you're in the stands. Uh, when it like with the fans, the bombers games, like it is, there's a lot of young dudes there, like twenties, thirties that are enjoying this sport. Uh, like it's I would say no, cause it's a lot a of my friends are in, totally. And a lot of my friends are, you know, now live in the Toronto area, like Southern Ontario, uh, and they're not like they're that, but again, that's a yeah. whole different market, which we discussed, but you go to games, like, again, like I've covered the, the riders been, uh, Elks uh, and stops before Winnipeg. Uh, I've done some work in, in Ottawa as well. There are some young fans everywhere. Um, but it's like, I, I just think it's the engagement of it all. Like they need more And that's where I think Toronto yeah. becomes a problem is you have a big pool of young people there. Uh, and it could help kind of save the league. Cause I will say all the Argonauts fans that I do know that are actual diehards, uh, if they are my age, it's their parents that were the actual diehards. Uh, and yeah. they're all older people. Like you say, DB, you go to the, like the great cups, uh, like, cause we, well, I've been to the last two. And when you see the Argos fans, like it usually is a little bit higher up in the demographic, but it's, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to take, but there is the, the, there's an engagement even today. Actually, I'll say this, uh, TSN had chaos playing you know, crab, crab bucket, the song, it's an old song, but it wasn't country. There was this while we were just like pumping out the country, like crazy, which is changing up a little bit. Exactly. And that's what I think you need to do. Right. Like there's like, yes, like country was hot when they were doing it, but like, you can't just play the rec laws 85 times a night. Um, (laughs) So, you know, like to mix it up a little bit and bring John Ross in, right. Like you got to bring these guys in and make it fun. Uh, And I think they're like, you know, in certain ways they're doing better job, but that's, it's getting the product out and wanting people to, you know, to want to watch it. Agreed. It's a great game. And, uh, you know, I like Joey, I was telling you this the other day when we uh, left Shannon's Irish pub after the Seabears game. Go check them out. 175 Carlton Street. And what I shared with you was how, you know, Winnipeg's like uh, it's like a secret. Right. And our reputation of, oh, Winnipeg, it's cold mosquitoes. It keeps the jerks out. And those who know, they know. This is a great place to live for so many reasons, for for reasons you can't get elsewhere. And I think the CFL is the same way. If you know this game and 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 really look at it, there is so much to appreciate about it. It's so ah, it's just like 
It's like that. It's like that glass of scotch or that cigar or that cup of coffee when you're young. It's like, oh, it tastes kind of weird. And oh, it's kind of that's not. Oh, wow. It's really good. And then you're like, I can't live without it. I love well, it. Perfect example. Like we moved here uh, and, you know, as an adopted Winnipegger, most of my friends, when I said I was moving to Winnipeg beyond like Regina and Edmonton, you know, like no one really said anything about those places. But I was like, oh, you're moving to Winnipeg. And it's funny because most of the people that don't like Winnipeg have never actually been to Winnipeg. Just like most of the people that don't like the CFL never actually watched a CFL yep. game. So you're yep. making these uh, like a judgments on whatever stereotypes, rumors, you name it. Uh, like even my wife, like when we moved here, like she jokingly said, like, I'll move anywhere, but Winnipeg, we moved here. It is our favorite city, right? Like, this, really? this, like we, Oh man, I, I can get into it. Like I loved, there's no stop that I hated. Uh, but like, you get the perfect balance in Winnipeg of like, I'm from Tim and she's from Toronto, like small town, big city. And this is the absolute down the middle. You get all of the things that you want from a big city and you don't have to deal with the other ones. Like I don't have a two hour commute there and back. To right. Work, right. Right. Uh, I, I know people in my neighborhood. Like we walk around, people will say hi to you. I have, I've made friends here as an adult that I don't work with. Like that is, that doesn't yeah. happen everywhere where people are just like, yeah, like oh, you point. seem cool. Here's my number. Let's go grab a beer. Let's have a games night. Yep. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a really like a, like a heartwarming you can, place. You can pick up and drive an hour in any direction and totally. be in the middle of nowhere. And the food, and that's scene, a like, valuable my thing. Goodness. Like there's a boar burger. At the food's good, eh? <laughs> we gotta, <laughs> we gotta have a boar burger together, gentlemen. I think so. The Agreed. beard, the bonfire bearded boys need boar burgers. <laughs> After a nice alliterations. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I think that's a nice great idea. Well, on that um, note, fellas, we have a date. Final. Yeah, let's do it. I mean, we can continue this conversation and the fire starters can join and uh, yeah. it would be a nice night for all. My, my, my final thought, Darren, is um, I, I think this team, they were a little bit in question under the microscope because of what happened in BC. Mm-hmm. And... People, the narrative came out. People were wondering, is this O-line too old? Are the Bombers, have they peaked? Are they kind of gone the, on the back nine here? Like, were they just exposed and other teams are going to watch that film and, 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 you know, do the same things? And I think the team answered tonight that, no, they're not. They're, they may be on the back nine, but they're, they're, you know, they're two under par or one under par, right? They're still there. And this game could have gotten ugly for Montreal. I think the Bombers missed, uh, they didn't execute, they missed some opportunities. But um, as a fan, I'm heartened to see that they um, they made the plays that they needed to play, particularly on defense, some timely turnovers. And given given the injuries that are there, I think it was impressive the secondary played as well as they did. And uh, this team, I think, made a statement. We're not done yet, but we'll, we'll see. You know, they... Calgary, looking at next game, Calgary is a beatable opponent. They are not the same Calgary Stampeders they used to be, and they have a ton of guys on the sixth game. Kadeem Gary, Malik Henry's out for the year. Um, I think Peyton Logan now is on the sixth game. They they are struggling, and I think I, I would like, as a fan, I would like to see the Bombers use this as a stepping stone, beating Montreal in Montreal, and just clobbering the Stampeders at home would be lovely. 
Well, I, yeah, well I nice to jump on well jump on that. I think you know to next game. I do think this one I needs to be a bit of a whooping uh, based yeah. on everything you just said. Like I I don't think you want to have a game like tonight where you know wins a wins a win for sure. But I think that uh, like next game with everything in like you've got a bit of make a bit of a statement, especially after the statement that was made against you on your home turf. This game. Oh. Yeah, I think was great. It was, you know, as Michael Shea always says, business as usual. And I can say that, you know, from the guys that I talked to during practice, there was no sense of, you know, panic. It was, they watched the tape. It was hard to watch. We've learned our mistakes. There was no finger pointing. It was out of character game. It happens. It's humbling. It hasn't happened in three years. Uh, you know, it's, or maybe even more, it's been a while since they've gotten a, a spanking like that. And sometimes you need one just to kind of, Hey man, this is a competitive league. It's not, it's not easy, yeah. right? It's a reminder that it's not easy. They came in tonight. Conditions weren't great. It was an hour and whatever later than expected to start. Uh, they were ready to play. They were prepared. Both the offensive and defensive coordinators, I thought, called a great game uh, on both ends. They got the pressure on Fajardo that made him uncomfortable all night. They kept the ball out of the end zone. Uh, and Buck Pierce had, I, I don't know if that was their game plan coming into this, right? Like the rain adds a little bit to it and they were able to audible and they figured it out. And um, so I think it's, it was a great statement game. As you say, Zach, it was exactly what you needed today. It wasn't the blowout that, you know, we've grown accustomed to, but it's back trending in the right direction. And that's good. Also going to take the chance to say that, uh, I am also the Seabear sideline reporter and we just launched our podcast. So if there are any Seabears fans out there, oh, nice. or weekly podcast, ripping off the bonfire, uh, you know, thing a little bit with the weekly stuff. And we hope to do a little bit more. <laughs> if you have problems finding it on iTunes or Spotify, um, we're working on that, but just remember the target score and I will text Darren to make sure that he reminds people again, out of the goodness of his heart. Uh, and that is, and he has to take me out for drinks for this because that's what guest hosts get. They get. So for any future guest hosts out here, you go to Shannon's. Your tab is taken care of by Darren Bonnet. <laughs> unlimited. Um, so, you know, I'm not going to go unlimited. I might have a drink on his tab as long as he shouts out our podcast later on when everything is uh, totally up and running. But yeah, the target score, a play on the rule of the league, which is awesome. If you, I don't know yeah, if it's it is awesome. awesome. Game, but I've been to is, two C-Bars games. Dude, it is like that target score. It's fun. I'll say it really quick. When it gets to four minutes, it's the leading team score plus nine. The first person to hit that score wins. So you could be down 25. It's like baseball. There's no clock other than the shot clock. You so, got to go to a game to see dude, what's what. Is, yeah. You got to go. Something. It is something. Yeah. And it kind of like the CFL. There's only, it's a 20 game season. So they have 10 home games, 10 away games. So a loss. Oh, yeah. Eh? can be yeah it could be huge it's not a, an 82 game season so like each oh game and by the way where version. where are they where are they in the league right now top spot eight and three right blowing everybody out Ooh. of the water on a big road trip right now though playing some teams they haven't played yet that are pretty good out in the east so but again they're eight and three they have a three-game road trip that's pretty big against a team that whooped them one of those three losses was to edmonton uh now they go oh to i was at that game them. yeah yeah that one was the, like the one tough game so yeah, if these guys, uh, these guys keep going, what are we looking at? <laughs> or keep going. It's Enjoying always get week, more man. interesting, Kyle. Yeah. No, uh, well said by both of you on, on your final thoughts. And, and I, I second, uh, well, frankly, all of it. Uh, but my, my final thought is, um, that while we've become accustomed to the Winnipeg blue bombers being a dominant football team, this is what fans really need to understand. I was talking with somebody inside the Blue Bombers organization the other day. And because we're talking about like, oh, you know, you win by two touchdowns, win by 10. 
this sort of thing, that sort of thing. The 30 to six loss was amplified or magnified because it was at home. The reality of football is any given Sunday. You never know what you're going to get. And the fact that the Blue Bombers are good is not because they're, um, you know, more talented than everybody or more physical than everybody. It's because they are more consistently better and more talented and more physical than everybody. That's why you hit 13 wins. That's why you hit 15 wins and, and tie a franchise record like they did last year. That's why you go to three straight great cups. That's why you win, um, you know, uh, them in back-to-back seasons over three-year period of time. When it comes to Winnipeg and people expecting them to win by 10, 15 points, score 40 every week, don't allow more than 20 every week. The reality is just win. It does not matter how many yards you give up. It does not matter how many points the other team scores. All that matters is if you have one more point than them at the end of the game. And I think fans need to remember that. The greatest teams we have seen in football history, no matter what league, all of them won games by one point. All of yeah. them mm-hmm. lost games by 10 points. Hey, and this Winnipeg Blue Bombers team, point. that window yeah. is probably on its way down. Yeah. Well, you look at those last two uh, great cup story, Darren. Like, right? It was a one-point loss and an overtime win. Like, any yeah. given Sunday, like, you're totally right. Like, that is... They were the, the third... They were the third and, seed in 2019 and they kicked the crap out of the tie cats. Yep. They and lost to, they lost to Toronto by one point in a game where they like serially turned the ball over. Yeah. And didn't get right? kicked. Like yeah. that's what the beauty of not just football, but the Canadian football league is, is yeah. no lead is safe. The CFL is the crazy football league. You never know what you're going to get. And that's why people love it. That's why they're here on Bonfire Sports. That's why they're joining us so late at night or maybe afterwards on the podcast uh, on uh, Game Day After Dark. And and that's why you guys are here pining to join the show, Joey Slattery. Great job tonight, man. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, buddy. You brought it. You brought it, Slats. Anytime. This was so much fun. Yeah, I I had a blast on this. I I do watch the show like all the time. It's my wife's favorite show. So we're always flipping on the after dark and taking it all in. So it's, uh, yeah, it's like the weird part about this is I don't just get to sit back and watch. I had to to contribute. That's right. That's right. And uh, hey, Schnitzy, love you, brother. Thanks for joining Love us from Parts Unknown, man. Appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, well, I'll tell people I'm in beautiful West Hawk Lake. Uh, just love this spot. Uh, it's a tradition to watch away games at the mother in law's place up in Falcon. So it was a great night. And, uh, yeah. Sayonara, everybody. That's my, that's my, uh, what is it? That's my thing. That's my MO. I say sayonara. That's your official, that's your official sign off. Yeah, that's my official sign-off. It's been fun. Joey, thanks for joining, buddy. I'll do it again. Oh, anytime, man. Thank you guys so much for inviting me. I appreciate it. It was a lot of fun. We'll see you guys Wednesday night for Bonfire Midweek and then pregame on Thursday, 3 o'clock, uh, with the man, the myth, the living legend, Chris Walby. Postgame, as always, after every single Bombers game, home and away. We'll see you then. Thanks to Shannon's Irish Pub. Uh, go check them out. Thanks, boys. Have a great night.